I'm glad you're here. Every one of you, you're special to God and to us. You're a blessing just being here. To see your smiling faces. Thank you for coming to come and worship with us. All of us. It's good to come together and love and worship God. 20th chapter of Acts and verse 16. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is the first day of the week. I believe in the 16th chapter of of 1 Corinthians, you talk about Pentecost again. Chapter 16 and verse 8 are the, the first day of the week. Amen. It says in verse 8, chapter 16, But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Paul to the Corinthians. Paul never never forgot Pentecost. Now, on the day of Pentecost, he was not there in the upper room. But I I will surmise that Paul was at the temple during Pentecost in Acts 2. I want to talk to you about the final journey of our Pentecostal march. Pentecost is a pilgrim journey. People are marching, marching from Egypt to the promised land. You may be seated. Pentecost is not a religion. It's not an organization. It's not a denominalism. Pentecost is an experience. It did not have its origin in North America. It didn't start in Rome. Not even in Jerusalem. It started in Egypt. When Moses went down there to get some people out of there, and when he killed that lamb, he started counting from that time. From there to Mount Sinai, 50 days. Pentecost means 50. The Feast of Weeks. 49 days plus 1. Leviticus 23, talk about it. We talked to you on Friday about it. Talked to you on uh, Sunday morning about it. And I'm going to wrap it up today. And tell you where we're headed. It's unfortunate that we live the same life that they lived from Egypt to Mount Sinai. And from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land, we have some bad experiences along the highway. They gave them the law, saw 3,000 people got killed. They were Pentecostals. They were not Egyptians. They were Pentecostals. We do not subscribe to a non-Pentecostal belief that once saved, always saved. 
it's not true. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it will tell you very plainly, one saved, always saved, is not true. Read the book of Epistle of Jude, it will tell you it's not true. And read 1 and 2 Peter, it will tell you it's not true. And Paul, writing to the Hebrew saints, said it's not true. Now, if you want to believe that, that's fine. But I know my Bible tells me different. If you continue in the faith, alive and remain, to be caught up. After the day of Pentecost, it didn't stop there. God pushed them into the street. They went down to Samaria, Acts 8. They went down to Cornelius' house in Caesarea. Didn't stop there. They went right down, amen, to Ephesus, to the Ephesians in Asia Minor, and impacted them. It finds its way all the way to Rome, Paul, on a journey to Rome to see Caesar, to preach and have a church in his house. Not Peter, Paul did. Have a church in his house. Preaching the Pentecostal message. Pentecost have many uniqueness that's not found in the gospel. It tells you that 120 people in obedience to Jesus Christ at the Mount of Olives stayed, waited, and prayed. And 10 days after Christ left them four days ago, the Holy Ghost came down. I didn't say the Holy Spirit, I said the Holy Ghost came down on them. Because when he breathed on them, he didn't say, receive the Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. Because this is a resurrected Christ. And I'm going to tell you right now, there can be no Pentecost if there is no resurrected Christ. Because instead of having a wave of barleys before us, we have a presence of the risen Lamb. Christ's resurrection represents the first fruit that was typified or typolo- by typology of the Old Testament. He was the first fruit of them that slept. Very plain, tells you in 1 Corinthians. And from that point, they count 50 days to the descent of the Holy Ghost in the upper room where the, 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 the Lord's Supper with Jesus Christ. It's exactly what happened at Mount Sinai with the essential difference. God came down at Mount Sinai and married Israel and gave her the Ten Commandments and the Tabernacle plan and organized it into a church called the Church in the Wilderness. Stephen said that. It was the church in the wilderness. And we know. God told them, If you don't observe my commandments and be sanctified and holy, you are not my people. Well, they didn't listen to him. And from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land, not one of them made it in. Two and a half million people perished in the wilderness. Wasted away in 40 years of going in circle around Cadiz Barnea. They did not enter the promised land. And God just said, fine, walk till you die. <laughs> and when they died off, God raised up their kids. Took their kids to Gilgal, circumcised them, crossed them over Jordan... And said, now I'm going to renew 
the church promise with you. You're now the new Pentecostals. And you're going to the promised land. And you're going to find seven nations mighty and strong that your fathers would not fight. You're going to go there and clean their plow. I'm going to make you in, <laughs> invincible. Joshua going to be the invincible man. Nobody can overthrow him. As long as he stayed with the Pentecostal message that Joshua, that Moses gave him. One guy broke rank and caused defeat. Joshua got mad, went to God, and God said, Oh, don't come to me. It's not my fault. You guys broke my covenant. You know, you break my covenant so you couldn't fight. He said, There's a guy, Achan, did something wrong. God said, Clean him and I'll come back. They got rid of him and God came back. Jericho fell. Because they were in the will of God. Thirty-eight nations and kingdoms were destroyed in the time of Joshua. You hear me? Thirty-eight kingdoms, he defeated them. And gave the land of promise to the children of Israel. Now, at Pentecost, an upper room, Jesus did not come to destroy nations. He came to save nations. To bring them into the family of God. He's not here to fight flesh and blood. He's here to call those other sheep that were not of the fold of the Jewish stock. Them also I must bring. And it makes sense because the Levitical priesthood said that the priest must come with two brand new loaves with leaven in them. The two loaves represent Israel and Gentile will be grafted together at Pentecost. All the time we don't have equal rights. We were just proselytes. But when God at Pentecost brought in Jews and Gentiles, now there's no wall between us anymore. They do the male or female anymore. We're one in Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Yes. One hope of our calling Yes, neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile nor Barbarian, but we're all sons of God. Only in Pentecost it could happen. In Pentecost it's not about skin, it's about sin. In Pentecost it's not about race, it's about grace. Hello! So there are no prejudices in Pentecost. Because a mixed multitude came out of Egypt. And God said, the stranger want to come along, he must come, but he must live by the same law. You're not going to come in this church and change it. You're not going to change the way how we dress, and the way we eat, and the way we worship God, and the way we believe in God. If you can be a part of us, you're going to have to do the same thing we do. God said, one law. To the homeborn and one law to the stranger. I don't think culture or tradition mean we should make room for them. Oh no. You come in, you gotta keep the Ten Commandments like we do. One God, one name, one worship, no budging, no giving. That's all God says. And God says you're gonna obey the commandment. Now, at the day of Pentecost, notice church, who were present? All the Jews from the ten tribes came by law to come to Jerusalem to worship God. 
In Jerusalem were the two tribes. Outside of Jerusalem were the ten tribes. So they flocked Jerusalem. I'm going to shock you right, my friend. If you think 3,000 people got saved was a big number, you're dead wrong. There were millions of Israelis in Jerusalem on that day. Only a remnant were privy to the Pentecostal experience. The first fruit, it began with them. And they came from nations around the world. They were bilingual. And they experienced exactly what happened at the Tower of Babel with an essential difference. At the Tower of Babel, it was the kingdom of Nimrod. In the upper room was the kingdom of God. In the Tower of Babel, they gave the languages we have today. Instant knowledge. Instant understanding. Instant speaking. Never learned it. God gave them. That's the language you speak today. It was not gibberish or stupid language. Otherwise, your language is stupid. The language we speak came from the Tower of Babel. They were unified. And God scared them by giving them diverse languages. And they disappeared around the world. Hello. On the day of Pentecost, these are all Galileans. And God came down the same way He came down the Tower of Babel. The same way He came down at Mount Sinai. And gave them not confound language, but the language of men and of angels. And caused instant understanding by the dispersed Jews. The apostles didn't understand nothing they were saying. Because they were talking in tongue before the crowd came. So they sure weren't preaching to each other. But the ruckus they were causing caused the crowd to come. Hello? Mary was there and many other women. A first in the history of Pentecost. Hello? And they were all talking in tongues... As the Spirit gave utterance, not one of the eleven apostles interpreted what they said. But Peter stopped the crowd and said, Now, let me tell you what's going on here. And he started preaching the first Pentecostal message we know in the New Testament. And preached, pointing to the prophet Joel. This is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel 2.28, we call that. And he validate what was going on. And the Bible said when they heard this, what they did and what took place, they were pricked in their heart. Notice now, these are all Israelis, not Gentiles. Israelites come to keep the Feast of Pentecost. This was not happening at the temple. They were doing their own thing. But this is at the upper room. You understand, folks? Two streams. One is Judaism, and one is salvation over here. Hello. And the Bible said when they heard what happened, 3,000 decided to obey the gospel and got baptized in Jesus' name. Look how Acts 2 ended. And the Lord, for the first time, added to the church such as to be saved. Nobody were dipped three times in water, say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Nobody said, I now baptize you in the name of the Trinity. Nobody said, I now sprinkle you, baby, 
It was a believer baptism. Everybody had to be, said, every one of you be baptized in His name. Did they all do it? No. Three times obeyed. Those who gladly receive it, obeyed. That's defined the Pentecostal church. If that's not what you believe, sir and madam, you're counterfeit. Somebody sold you a false goods. You've got the wrong stuff. What you have is not Pentecost, and therefore you may hold it to it, but it's not real gold. It's fool's gold. Now, the Apostle Paul came in several years later, and he was anti-Pentecost. And I read three times he wanted to observe Pentecost. Three times he wanted to keep it. Is that right? He read a while ago he wanted to keep Pentecost. It's amazing how he changed his ways. He got a revelation. God revealed to him what Pentecost is all about. On the Damascus journey, he said, I'm going to kill those Pentecostals down there. Basically what he's saying. And God said, just a minute, Paul. What, what is it? I said, Saul, what are you doing? He said, you are trying to persecute me, Saul. He said, well, who are you? He said, I am. I am. I am. Now, who's the I am? The same guy who spoke to Moses. On the back side there said, I am. I am, I am Yahushua. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Boy, he dropped off that beast and started trembling and said, What do you want me to do? The very same thing that the Acts in the book of Acts chapter 2. What do you want us to do? He said, Go down the street called straight. They'll tell you what to do. Some people you hate are going to tell you how to be saved. And I told him, God sent me to talk to you, even Jesus to pray for you, that you get the Holy Ghost, and that your eyes be open. And he said, Now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized, and wash away their sins. Every Pentecostal preacher, if he's worth his salt, the first thing he's going to ask you is, Hey, have you repented yet? Have you been baptized? How were you baptized? Have you got the Holy Ghost? Do you have the evidence? If he doesn't say that, he's not a pastor. He is just a philosopher. Hello? Because that won't save you. He told Paul how to be saved. And Paul says, After the way that some men call heresy, so worship I the God my Father. Anybody in this city that said, I'm a Christian, you cannot even go to Peter for salvation. You should go to Apostle Paul. Because God didn't call Peter to save the Gentiles. He called who? Paul. God called Paul. So if anybody got the key to the Gentiles, it's not Peter. It's Paul. Because God chose Paul to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And told Peter, you preach to the Jews. Galatians chapter 1 says that. Is that right? Now, what happened, church? Here's what happened. When Paul began to preach, he ended up writing how many epistles? Seven epistles. How many? Seven epistles. They're in your Bible right now. Go there please. Church, go there. He wrote those to Pentecostal church. Now, I had a wife. She was in England and I was living in, in Canada. And my wife wrote me letters. Come on, folks. And the worst thing that ever happened is I had to go to the wrong address. I'm sure they couldn't understand what she's saying to me or what I'm saying to her. Because it wasn't meant for them. Those seven epistles that you read, churches are reading it that have no rights to read it. 
It doesn't belong to them. Can I shock you with that? The only church people who are qualified to read the seven epistles in the Bible are people that are Pentecostals. Because there is no way they can live up to the expectation of the book of Romans, Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, Thessalonians. They just can't live up to it because they have no power. Israel could not keep the Ten Commandments without first going through the Red Sea and without first being baptized in the cloud. That qualified her to live the life at Mount Sinai. It's like me would say to Israel, bypass the lamb slain in Egypt. Hello? Bypass the Red Sea. Bypass the cloud. And catapult yourself right to Mount Sinai and said, God, give me the Ten Commandments. I want to live it. And say, God, give me the tabernacle plan. I want to observe it. God said, who are you? Where do you come from? They could not do it. Because church, before God gave the Ten Commandments, and before God gave the tabernacle plan, there was two days of being what? Sanctified. Getting ready for a meeting of the what? The one who is the law and the lawgiver. The judge of the old earth. Whom the, you know, the Lord thy God become your... I mean, it's following me right now. Now, the epistles... I'm going to give some perspective here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Hello? Is what Exodus would represent to us. The provision for a lamb. And the slaying of the lamb. The real lamb. Not some bulls and goats and animals of sorts. A man, the fullness of time. A man called the Lamb of God. John said he is. The book of Acts represent the part of going through the Red Sea. Hello? And marching to where? Towards the promised land. I understand that. That's what it would become to us. Now, Deuteronomy and, and is the law that God gave us. But when you look at the book of uh, the epistles, what do you find there? Requirements of do's and don'ts. You can't tell me it's not true. So I'm going to say it to you. The epistle is a book of do's and don'ts. Making a difference between clean and unclean. Between holy and unholy. Between profane and defilement. Making a distinct difference. And the message was, come out, be separate, touch not the unclean thing. You are now the temple of God. You cannot go to their altar... You cannot feast at their table. You cannot drink from their cup. You can't drink their cheap wine. 
And they can't patch us up with old cloth. Got to cut off and put on. That's what the epistles teaching. That came from the book of Leviticus. Because when the church is named church in the Bible by the lifestyle they live in the book of Leviticus. Now church, what was Paul doing writing to the Romans and the Corinthians? Correcting errors. Creeping in the faith. Both inside and outside. He's correcting errors. Is that right? So the book of Acts really is one big book that encompasses all the epistles. All the epistles came out of the book of Acts. The founder's faith of our church is found in the book of Acts. How to maintain that faith and walk with God is shown in the epistle. Now, God don't want to complicate things for you. So God separate the epistles, the letters, to an established church. Could you please turn to all the epistles? Ladies and gentlemen, and look in your Bible, and look, everyone is addressed to an established church. He's not writing to sinners. He's writing to people already saved in the book of Acts. So why are these people in a book that they don't belong to? And they can claim that doesn't relate to them. Hello? Hello? For example, Galatians. Paul says, who bewitched you? You started out. Why are you going back to Judaism? All Paul was saying to them, look, under the Old Testament, your sacrifices were animals. Now Christ is your sacrifice. The blood came from Him. Hello? To the Colossians, he said, look, man, those days you observe and carry on and observing the Sabbath and all that, you got in the Holy Ghost rest. Hello? Hello? That's what he's trying to tell them. So he's correcting the infiltration of Judaism into Christianity. You can't mix the two. Now, the world says, I belong to a Judeo-Christian faith. It's impossible. Those two will never mix. Jesus is not an appendage of Judaism. Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. The church is named after Him. He said, I'll build my church after His name. A people carved out from my name. Hello? Hello? So they have opposition of Christ in the book of Acts. You read for yourself. And also Rome. Pagans coming at them. Now church... All those epistles, when people go to the epistle and says, we don't need to get baptized, we're saved by faith alone. Let me tell you where it came from, honey. Let me tell you where that, that teaching came from. It's not from God. It came back from right here. The reformers. The reformers did that. When the reformers broke rank with Rome, amen, they came up, They call it the, the five solaces. Solus what? Everybody know what it is? Solus Christ. Solus Scripture. Solus Grace. Solus Faith. And Solus Glory. In other words, you're saved by faith alone. Is that true? 
You're saved by grace alone. Is that true? Jesus did it all. Is that true? Then he said, take up your own cross. He didn't give Peter a piggyback in that boat. You walked out, you walked back in. I ain't going to lift you up. Faith alone saved nobody. Hello? Grace alone didn't save Noah. Did it? Did Noah, was it saved by grace alone? He had something to do. And they teach that there is nothing that you have to do. And they confuse the world. I have to find it if I can. The five here it is right. Five solaces. The Reformation reformed Catholicism, maintained the Trinity doctrine of the Apostles' Creed, Athanasius' Creed, but can but five things that Rome must do to change. And Rome said we won't change. They said, "Now, nah, Pope, you're not infallible. The Scripture is. Sounds good to me." They said, "Christ alone is the vicar, not you." And they said, "Now, nah, faith alone save you. Nothing else. No works and no law." You don't need no law, just faith alone. And grace and faith alone will do it. And the glory belongs to God. Sounds good. But read the fine print. They're actually talking about another Jesus. Who is not number one. They're talking about a Jesus who is the second person in the Trinity. That's not the one Paul wrote about. The one Paul wrote about, in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in Him. And by the way, He said, search the Scripture, for they're about me. They testify of what? Me. They're all about me. Amen? Can you see down the Lord there, folks? He said, it's all about me. Now, so the epistles is to give you an example of what Jesus said. When I'm gone, terror's going to come. They came. Paul said, when I'm gone, grievous wolves going to come. Now, I can name some bad boys in the Bible. Alexander, Hymenetus, Diatrophus. But that's all there was? No. These are converts who turn a wall on the, on the apostles. But there were other outsiders. Amen. Who tried to overthrow the faith. And John said, if they bring not this doctrine, don't receive them and bring them not God's speed. John says, don't believe every spirit. Try the spirit. Make sure that tongue talking is from God. Because there are many tongue talkers out there that's not from God. Macedonia, Paul met some girls down there who could prophesy like he did. Some of the that could do what he did. Almost. Hello? Try the spirit. Jesus says, check the fruit out. Now, when a new convert come to God, they're not going to live the Ten Commandments. It's impossible. Because God said they came in the faith with leaven in their lives. But, he said, I'm going to take it to Mount Sinai. I'm going to take it on to Gilgal. I'm going to take a knife out and cut something out of your life. Little by little. Is that right? Cut this out of your life today and tomorrow cut some more out. And I cut you down to where you're supposed to be. Hello, it's the potter on the clay situation. Now, folks, when Paul died, Acts chapter, go there, please, the last chapter of the book of Acts, all the epistles you read that Paul wrote to the churches came out of the book of Acts experience. 
Amazing, isn't it? So when you go to Ephesians, by grace are you saved through faith and other works, you miss the point. He's talking to people already saved. Hello? He's not trying to save them. He's going to maintain what you got. The epistle of the book of maintaining what you got. Now, what we learned from the book of Acts, it was... But it didn't stop there. Hello. It's still going on. Revelation is the closure book. The last epistle that belongs to the Bible. Revelation is not a book. It's an epistle. It's a letter from the last apostle, John, given to him by the chief apostle called Jesus Christ. The author and the finisher of our faith, called the Pentecostal faith, is Jesus Christ. And John, he gave John the last letter from them to us. Hello. So you go to Revelation now. Please go there, please. And chapter 1, Revelation. What do you find in Revelation? It's not a book. It's a revelation about Jesus. Now, revelation about Jesus means things about Him was concealed, but now it's being revealed on the Isle of Patmos. On what day, church? On the Lord's day. What is the Lord's day? The morrow after the Sabbath. What does that make it? Sunday. Now, folks tell me that you guys, you changed Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. We didn't change anything. If you search your Bible, and Pentecost, there were two Sabbaths, one after the other. The seven-day Sabbath and the Pentecostal Sabbath. The Pentecostal Sabbath had to do with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was raised up on a Sunday morning. The first day of the week. When is that? Sunday. Chapter 1 of Revelation. Look there, please. If you're a sinner, you have no business reading that book. If you're a sinner, you have no business reading Romans, Corinthians, Philippians, because God did not write it to you. And I know a lot of you claim things in that book, but it's not yours. You're claiming them illegally. It's a letter... Of a husband writing to his espoused wife. The people he wrote to is from the bridegroom to his wife-to-be. Is that right? Paul says, I've espoused you to one husband. Are we yet married to Jesus? Absolutely not. But we're on our way to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But we're not yet married to Him. We're just engaged to Him. Ephesians 1.30 says, The Holy Ghost is the earnest of the inheritance. That's just the engagement token. So, these people were reading Paul's writing. They're doing it to their own destruction. And they're claiming stuff that don't belong to them. And making decisions that is wrong. And they skip the book of Acts completely. Because if they go there, they're going to face reality. They must come through the water and through the cloud. And they don't want that. 
But their favorite book is the Roman Road. Now I realize what Romans is all about. The book of Romans should do two things. To prove to the Gentiles, you have the law. To, to, to the Jews, you have the law and you break God's word. Hello? And the, Jew, and the and Gentiles who have not the law live it what's not given to them. By conscience. And so God said, you're both on the sin. So you none is better. You both need God. Then he opened the door and said, here's how you can be saved. Here's how you are saved. You're both sinners. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you're both sinners. You've all of sin. And you all came short. And you all belong to Adam. And while you were yet to your sin, Christ died for both of you. Hello? So you're not better than they are. Either they're better than you. You're both sinners. And he proved it in Romans. And said, so here's how you got saved. He said, you're buried with him in... Chapter 6. You're buried with him in... Custom 2.12. You're buried with him in... That means the Lamb was slain. Otherwise, your baptism is foolishness. Hello? It's back to Egypt. Look what happened there. After the Lamb was slain, they were baptized in the cloud and in the sea. Now, folks, hear me. So Paul wrote the epistle. Now they beheaded him, but they couldn't stop his message. John is the last surviving of the Mohicans. Are you with me? Hello? And God took him off from the, took him out of Patmos from Domitian's sword and revealed to him Jesus Christ. And he saw seven churches. Look, church, he did not see a menorah. He saw seven individual candlesticks in the ground. Look at it for yourself. Please look. I'm telling you the truth. They were all Pentecostals. They were not Anglican Baptists. Amen. Some of the churches, they were all Pentecostal. They came out of a Pentecostal background. I can show you Acts chapter 19, where the church of Ephesians came from. They came from a Pentecostal experience. What happened in Acts chapter 2 happened in Acts chapter 19. Paul went down the tower, tower to Macedonia and saw a woman. God opened her heart and he baptized her in the name of Jesus. He went into Philippi and he got thrown in jail and he baptized the Philippian jailer in the name of Jesus. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let nobody deceive you. Unless you belong to Rome. That's not my mama. Maybe your, but not mine. Revelation. Do you think Jesus Christ is going to go into a false church and try to change them? I promise you he won't. Jesus taught you and me this. Leave them alone. There's no scripture telling me to go and try to convert them. He said to me as a pastor, let the blind lead the blind. And they're both going to end up in the what? Ditch. What Jesus is saying, I am available to those who know they're sick and need a physician. And then I'll work with them. Hello? The Pharisees would not be baptism, baptized with the baptism of John. He says they reject the counsel of God against himself. Not being baptized with the baptism of John. Why? Because they were foolish. Now, folks, I'm going to shock you now. Here's Jesus Christ and John at the River Jordan, that famous place. Jesus Christ in body form represents the total kingdom of God. Because he's the head. Here's his body. 
which we now become the visible body of the invisible God. Are we not? And he's the invisible head over this body. When Jesus was baptized by John, John said, no, don't do that. He said, John, it requires us to fulfill all righteousness. What was John doing? Give us knowledge of salvation. John was not giving salvation. He was giving us knowledge of salvation. Read the Bible in, in, in Luke 1, 78. It tells you that. Give us knowledge of salvation. Check me out. It's in there. Knowledge of salvation. By baptism, right? For the remission of sins. It will be that. But there can be no remission of sins if there's no blood shed. There can be no Passover if there's no death. And there can be no exodus if there's no resurrection. And so Jesus Christ was baptized once in the water. Telling you and me, follow his steps. Hello? When he came out of the water, what happened? A cloud came over them. And what happened? A voice came. Where did that happen before church? In Egypt. When they came to the Red Sea. And then the voice came and said, This is my beloved son. In other words, when you're baptized in water, it authorized you to be called a son of God. Baptism in water and in the Spirit is for sonship. Jesus Christ is called the Son of God. Hello? This is my beloved son. When I baptize anybody and they go down the water and start talking in tongues, they become the Son of God. Hello? I'm talking about Bible. I'm tracing it in the Scripture. Now, if you know your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. But if you want to debate it, I would not debate it with anybody. Because it's in the Bible. Now, look at this right here. Jesus Christ came up, and the Spirit of a dove came upon him. Why the Spirit of his dove? Go back to Noah's ark. Why the voice? Go back to Mount Sinai. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Why Jordan? Go back to Joshua, crossing Jordan. Here little, there little, line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm preaching the Bible. Am I in the Bible? Is that right? Bring it all together. What do you get? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Now, when the book of Acts is closed, God go in there and pick out Revelation. And so it's the continuation of the book of Acts. And say, so, yeah, church, here is how the scene going to end. Not like you see Caesar's doing to the church right now. And God sold seven churches and made those seven churches a role model. Not that there were seven distinct different religions. I'm understand that. God used seven because seven the perfect what? Number. And show us what's going to happen to us in the end time. I was in Asia Minor, and you can't find those churches. They don't exist. But the name of those places still exist. I saw Pergamos sign. I was at Ephesus. Hello? I saw Laodicea sign, but those churches not there. 
Hello. You should not be surprised because when they left Mount Sinai, how many continued in the faith? Not all. Two are falling away. So God says seven of the churches today that profess Christianity, and I don't mean false religion, I mean real church, oneness churches, only two out of seven are going to be ready to beat Jesus. Most of our brethren, brothers and sisters you see, may not be ready to meet Jesus. He said five were foolish and five were wise. Virgins mean what? Undefiled. Paul says, I have you an espoused virgin married to Christ. Is that right? You can't call the one in Rome a virgin. She's a whore. And her kids are called a harlot. There's a difference. You burn those. But you married virgins. And when he come to marry the virgin, they said, Fight them are stupid. He couldn't marry them. So he left them behind. What does oil represent? The Holy Ghost. What does the vessel represent? Your body. They were without the Holy Ghost. And he called them fools. Hello? Hello? And so he said, Now, I have looked at all the seven churches... And when he came and inspect all of us before he married us, he said, look, five of you are not ready to meet me, and two is ready. That's fixed. You can't change that. The question is, is the top church one of those five or one of those two? Here's what happened. Those five churches, he told their problems. Do we have their problems in our midst? They lost their first love. They were tolerant of heretics. They opened their pulpit to false religion. Pergamos. Satan's seat right in their midst. Antipas got killed right in their midst. Antipas beat them against. Are you with me? Then the Bible said, she tolerated it. Why hold to the name? She tolerated false doctrine in Pergamos. And then Tyra, Tyra, allow <coughs> who? Jezebel. Jezebel, who claims she's a prophetess. You know those girls on TV and radio with all the green eyes and blue eyes and eyelashes from the donkey's tail and all that stuff? You know? And see, lo, where does lo and behold? Lipstick. Now, you see, our, our Pentecostal churches are letting those gals on the pulpit now talk to us. And they're seducing our people to dress like them to look like them and throw God's holiness standing out the door and so they're liberated hello women cutting their hair off men wearing long hair hello men wearing earrings women wearing men's apparel which in our Bible is abomination hello and all the abominable thing Tyra Tyra could take it we got oneness churches who allow those things to appease people. Political correctness. So we got Nicholas. Nicholas teach that there is no law. It's all grace. Hello? Through it called antinomianism. Through it out. We don't need it. We got lawless churches. It's all love. It's all prosperity, folks. Pentecostal. I'm talking about Pentecostal. 
So when you read those seven churches, it's not a Catholic church you're reading about, a Baptist church. Well, oneness churches. Who's gone? Hey, wall. Hello? But not only Jezebel, but guess what? Balaam is in the midst. Balaam teach you can mix marriage religion. Your people can mix with other religion. Balaam said, back in history, you can't destroy those people. But here's how you can do it. They're too strong for you. Here's how you can do it. Let them go into marriage with those guys next door. Let them go to their feast and go sacrifice with them and worship with them and exchange choirs. Let them sing in the contest. Let them pat them on the back and you know, you know, assimilate us. Hello? And it's, Bam says, mix them and you have to kill them. God will kill them. That's exactly what, Bela, that's what Constantine did. Huh. And so our people are mixed up. Now our people like Israel, when a preacher like me come by and said, Hear, O church, there's only one God. They answer me not a word. Because Jezebel took over. The Zidonian mixed up so much. They think it's the same thing. They can't see no difference. Hello? Do you know those 1850 false prophets were Jews? Were Israelites? Who withstood one man? Who stood for righteousness? Elijah? Hello? And they wouldn't stand with them? But through Jezebel, it's happening right now. In this city... We got more oneness people in Trinitarian churches than there are in this church. They know the truth. They are whores and harlots. That's what they are. They're playing prostitution. A prostitute does not have a love affair. A prostitute operates out of duty, not out of relationship. They're in those churches out of duty, not relationship. They're not there, but, you know, they're there for, for opportunity. Hello? They lack commitment. God killed 3,000 at Mount Sinai for the same thing. And He will do it later on. But right now, so look, tell him, He said, I'm going to fight against you. I'm going to spew you out. Who are you talking to? Baptist? No. What is Pentecostals? I'm going to spit you out. I'm going to remove the candlestick. I'm going to throw you out. So, imitated, we're okay like we are. It's wrong. Without holiness, you cannot see God. Follow peace and righteousness without which no one can see God. And so God says, that church, I don't want that church. And Balaam is in that church. And also, Nicholas is in that church. And then the next church, this is a church that she's popular. But God says, she's dead. You know what dead church mean? The Holy Ghost departed and she don't even know it. I was in a church one day. This guy said it. My wife heard it. He said, you know, I guess he was trying to impress me. He said, look, we can have a big church and a bigger church even if the Holy Ghost doesn't even come and move in this place. He said, we've got doctors here and lawyers and educated people here. And his name, I thought, oh, my God, this guy here, he's going to have problems. I've never seen one time move in the Spirit. He's saying, we can operate in this church without moving the Spirit. And it's possible. Because Jesus in Laodicea couldn't get in. Two churches 
They were the least and the smallest, but the rightest. Smyrna and Philadelphia. Now, church, take me for a minute here. I'm trying to finish it up here. These are real Pentecostals. Oh, when you guys travel, you go to church and you see them. Don't come back and ask me, well, pastor, how can they do that? How can they dress this way? How can they do all this? Just don't try and bring it here. Don't come and tell me they're going to conform to that. You pack your bag and leave and go there. You don't come here because it's not going to work. Not when I'm here. I'm a gatekeeper. And I will stand for what I believe. I don't need your money. I don't need your, your vote. I don't need nothing from you except obedience to God's Word, like the young boy said. Hello? Well, the church won't grow. They told me before, I said, Pastor Neil, you always have an empty business. I bless God, but God is in it. They told me it's going to be an empty building. So you keep preaching that, you'll never grow. I said, I don't want to grow. I want to be like Antipas. I'm a real Pentecostal. I'm a one God tongue talking Holy Ghost filled believer. I don't have a bad spirit either. They got a bad spirit. I got the right spirit. This is truth, folks. Church, if a doctor makes a mistake, he puts you in the grave. If this church erred, it puts you in hell. And you ain't getting out. And God said, when I come, I'm going to take only those who got the wedding garment on. He says, some in Sardis are mine, and the rest are not. And God chose what he wanted. we got churches that run preachers. There's nobody run this one here. You didn't hire me, and you will fire me. You came and you saw me, and when you leave, I'll leave you right here. That's the truth. He said, well, I don't believe well, I don't care what you believe. I survive without people's help. God help me anyhow. You gotta stand up like Elijah and proclaim God. You gotta be like Micah and proclaim God. We're not howling. We are pastors. We're shepherds. We're to lead the flock to heaven. That's what we want of people that conform to the body of Christ. That's how we get to heaven, honey. And so God said, Revelation, they're not mine. Get them out of my way. They us see you. He said, oh, you make me sick. I want to puke. I want to vomit. Oh, get out of my way. Make God sick. But then chapter 4 says, God went among those people and took out Amen, those two churches. I believe he did. And he said, these are mine. He called them the 24 elders. 24 elders church is a church. You're going to end up, if you live for God, Enrobed, enrolled, and crowned, and enthroned. If you search those Bible, you're going to find 24 elders had those things done to them. A crown, a robe, a throne, and their names. God going to visit this church and pick out of this church a people for His name. Because you come here don't mean you're saved. Because you gave your title don't mean you're saved. Jesus Christ is going to come and pick out what He wants. And the rest will be left behind. That don't match what He wants. And it says you've got to be clean. So we know that church is going to be the 24 elders sit with Him on throne. Worshiping God. We got over. Come up a little higher. Hallelujah. Our Mount Sinai, we're going up to meet God. We get up there, honey. But I said, I saw thrones. And they sang a song unto him that loved us and washed us in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto God. That's a Pentecostal 
church. I've had folks come by and try to blackmail me at that door and say, well, if I come here, you have to do this. I said, look, don't even start coming. Keep on going. Well, you'll never become. You're a dictator. Not a dictator. I dictate the Word of God. We're all going to go to a grave one by one. And what you do for Christ will make the difference. John stood for the truth and they kicked him off the island. But God brought him back. Let's worship Jesus. Pentecostals, hello. We believe that you cannot be saved unless you teach one and no other doctrine. No other gospel, no other faith, no other baptism. One Lord, one name. Hello? One God's above all. One spirit, one foundation, one hope of your calling, one door, one sheepfold, one church. Hello? That's what Jesus represents in Revelation chapter 3, 4, and 5. And then he said, now, you're my bride. He says, I will not let you go through the tribulation or in the tribulation. I will save you from it. I won't take you through it. I'll save you from it. Once we sit on the throne, church, we'll only show up two more times. In chapter 19, behind him on white horses, called, chosen, and faithful. All the singing and carrying on, talking and tongue, going to cease in heaven. When we see the Lamb, and we are crowned with Jesus Christ, He says, come on! Isaiah 26, open the lasting door. Let the righteous nation that keep the truth enter in. Hallelujah. He shall keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on the Lord. I'm going to tell somebody, you're going to be robed in white. You're going to be enrolled in the name of the book of life. You're going to be crowned by God. Hallelujah. And be enthroned. I will not sit down and debate any preacher in town. I don't waste my time. He can't see it because he needs a revelation. And with a revelation, you can't tell. You just can't figure it out. The Lamb's wife, Acts in Revelation 19. That's us. Chapter 21. The city of the wife. The new Jerusalem. In our home, let's stand. The 22nd chapter. Now, folks, am I arrogant? No. If you call me arrogant, what do you call Jesus? We'll take up a strap and whip those guys in the temple. If you call me arrogant, what do you call Samuel? who took a sword and minced up <laughs> in the beef, Agag. If you call me arrogant, what would you call Elijah? Who picked up stones and advocated that they should stone those men? If you call me arrogant, what would you call Joshua? Who supervised them stoning Achan? Pentecost. Come here, boys. Those else can do what they want to do. The rest of my life, I can talk to you guys. I'm not going to try to convince those guys out there. They don't want it. That's their problem. I'm going to tell you, though, you're the next generation coming up. There's hip-hop out there. There's homosexuals out there. There are lesbians out there. And they all claim to be Christians. But you better know the truth. 
And those say, well, the talking tongue, that belong to us. Oh, they sing our song. No, that doesn't mean nothing. Dear friend, there are sodomites in the house of God in the Bible. Just had to keep them out. Huh? Preachers with earrings in. My God, Ishmaelite, get them out. Yes. I get this book, How to Be a Man. Be a man. Don't be ashamed. Be a man. Hello? Come on, you girls. Come here. Come here, girls. Come here. The future of this church, sorry, saints, adults, it's not in your hands. It's in these guys' hands. The future of this church is in these hands. Hallelujah. i got to train them while well, i got a chance. That when I'm gone off the scene, they got to carry this truth. they got to remember one thing. That the black silly pastor who lost his hair used to scream at us. That's the one God, one faith. If nothing else, remember my color, black. But don't mean step back. Me move up, Jack. Preach the truth. Come on, preach the truth. Zachary, preach the truth. Thomas, the truth. Stand for God. Don't sell out. Some of these kids have already sold out and gone weird places. That's right. Used to be your age. We lost investment in them. And they were in Christian schools. I remember I used to go there and preach to them, and I'm preaching to you. Truth. With my heart hoping to spend hundreds of dollars on them. And they go down to the weak elements. They marry into the Philistines. They give the faith up. Pagan priest. Bless their kids in their marriages. Think I'm not mad? I'm angry. But I came to think about it. I want to tell you, Mom and Dad, you must circumcise your kid's heart. I don't let me have to do it. Don't make me the buggy man. Say, well, Pastor, he shouldn't do this. Sorry, my wife dear. <laughs> you don't chew up the pastor at home. Oh, I destroy my influence. I saw kids that used to play the piano and play good music. Now it's done cracking dope. Come on. Because the parents wouldn't stand with me when I'm preaching truth. Well, you know, he just, he just, uh, oh, come on, church. You should be thanking God that somebody's standing. Pentecost going to survive no matter what happened. Let me tell you, the preacher before me here, he died lost. And you don't want me to tell the story behind it all. He died lost. He was sad. Well, I'm not going to be like him. I'm not going to be that number. So help me God know. My wife and I came here in truth, and in truth we're going to leave here. That's a, that's a given. You can't buy me. Hallelujah. We're going to be saved and stay saved by the grace of God. I am a Pentecostal. He got lost and his son got lost in the most horrible way. You know why? They would not preach the truth. And they compromise the truth. And God will give us up. He will. God don't need me. God don't need you. But thank God we got Him. Come on, church. Come on, somebody. Anybody love this Pentecostal message? Ah, ah, come on now. I love this message. I love this message. I want to make it in. He said, Pastor, aren't you tempted every day?
you know what? Every so often I got natural pain in my body. I said, oh God, if this can't be so rotten, how about me in hell? If this is so bad, can you imagine me in hell, Brother Bina? At least I can take some medicine down here, but in down there, there ain't no medicine. Well, is your, is, is your Bible school accredited? It doesn't have to be. Just do we have the truth? I want you to bow your heads right now, folks. Can God entrust you with the truth? Can God entrust you with the message? I could easily make Murray join the, the minister alliance in this city let anybody preach to me and talk to me and corrupt this church. I could. For the position of politics. I said, absolutely not. Let me stay unknown. Let me lack the music I don't have. But I got the gospel still. I want to ask anybody who wants to stand by this truth. Does it matter how you're baptized? Yes, it does. Does it matter? Don't you ever go teach a whole Bible study and compromise truth just to get somebody in the church. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work. You stick with the facts and the Bible and preach it with love and care. But oh, don't back down from the truth. Stand up for truth. Anybody else want to stand on the holy grounds of God? You've got somebody here that believe the truth and they'll stand by it. God don't need another false prophet. God don't need another false doctrine. Come on, church. Pastor, don't you care? Other, others don't have it, right? Yes, I do. All the missionaries around the world right now are teaching nations the Trinity doctrine. Except the Pentecostals. And oh, church, it is sad. It is sad. Because what they're teaching is a lie. Tears. And Jesus says, when they're done with them, they're worse off than the beginning. I've been to Africa. I've seen it. I've seen Africans wept. They said, I didn't know what's in the Bible. I see Sudanese come here, and their eyes are popped. They said, Pastor, let me see this. Some of those guys got PhDs and doctorate. They said, what? What? Let me see the Bible. What Bible do you have? <laughs> I look in their Bible. A lot of things are left out, and they didn't know it. Hello. Hello, we got more Bibles today to twist you up than ever before. Why so many Bibles? What's wrong with the one they had before? Nothing! Except they couldn't prove their beliefs in it. Gonna make another one. The devil does it all the time. And make another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. It doesn't matter what Bible your kids use. Now, I don't mind telling you, I invite pastors to preach for me here, and it slips through with their NIV, but I'm watching you. That's what you do. I'm watching your response. Don't overlook it. Don't overlook it. Don't you ever overlook it. You say, that's not for me. It reads completely different from the one this book says. In every case, it takes away from Jesus Christ. They don't like it. <laughs> I'm not saying those preachers are trying to hurt Jesus, but but what they say what they say is going to hurt him. It says, "Even Son of Man, which is in heaven." You know Some Bible says, "Even Son of Man, whose home is in heaven." They don't say the same thing. 
The first one says he's omnipresent. Next one says he's dislocated. Is that right? Oh God. Church, please God. When the when the people saw Israel marching through the wilderness, all they had was just a box to the people afar off. But in Israel, it was the power of God. All they saw was badger skin, sister. But we know inside the badger skin is truth. Every Christian who comes to this church, I know you got to fight devils to stay in here. He come against you with dress code. He come against you with your marriage. He come against you in your job. He does everything to throw you out. And that's why heaven will be made up of overcomers. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. You tell the devil, no, no. For Jesus lived here. And there's no room for Satan in here. So he must run and run away. Don't let anybody tell you in a better version. What better version? It's a perversion. If this is not the right version, then throw it away. <laughs> Come on, saints. Come on. Can we grow in this church? I think we can. But in case we don't grow, the Hebrew boy says, in case God don't deliver in our hand, I'm still not going to bow. In case God doesn't respond, and give us a house full of souls for the beating. We're not going to respond. Why should you come here and join a bunch of false prophets? Why should you? Why should you? Lord Jesus, tonight, Shabbat Alamahaya. Lord, in 1972, I was a lost sinner. To be honest to you, God, I didn't know the Bible, didn't know anything about it. If that man had told me a lie, I probably would have received it. But somehow, by your grace, it was the truth. I personally checked it out, Jesus. You saw me. I went to university and colleges and dig up books and check it out to see if it was right. And I couldn't find no fault with it. So I just submitted my life to it, Lord. I can look back right now and say, Lord... Shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? No. How can we that are drawn away from it, God, live any longer therein? God, we can't make you the minister of sin. I thank you for this truth. I love this truth. Even when nobody joins us, they join us. God, it doesn't matter. I still love this truth. I know I'm blessed to have it. I'm so thankful, God. Every day I thank you. You know, it's true. I thank you for this truth. I thank you for the truth of your word. I don't want to lose this revelation. I don't want to lose my access to you, God. Today I'm thankful. And I pray in this congregation right here, right now, Lord Jesus, the people that you touched to be in church tonight, they have a right to know the truth. They have a right to know. They have a right to, ch to search and check it out. And then they must make a decision in their heart. Whether they're going to follow the apostles' doctrine.